This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Dr- Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me, John Hamm. John Hamm, it feels like forever since we've talked, even though it's only been like two weeks, but that's just, that's just a long time without some ham on the pod. Yeah, well, I, I think everyone needs a break from me once in a while. It, <laughs> I don't know. I think it just does everyone good. When I heard you on uh, Fred's podcast, I was like, oh, it's so good to hear John Ham's voice. I seriously <laughs> said that to myself. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, to have last you back. week uh, last week was busy, and and then we had an early pod the prior week. Yeah, we, that's what it was. That's why. It yeah, was we so did weird. Monday pod. We did the Monday yep. pod. Yep. Uh, so last night the Thunder predictably lost to the San Antonio Spurs, who happened to be a very good basketball team, uh, and it was it was the, one of the weirder games of the season. Because there were stretches where the Thunder just looked absolutely miserable. And then there were stretches where they were just incredible. And some of the storyline of last night to me is just the Thunder are just so much better when Russell Westbrook plays, especially against really good teams. And especially with Dennis Cantor out, uh, Russ just needed to play. And he only played 33 minutes last night, John. What do you... What do you think about that? Because I, I think there's two ways that you can take it. Um, what, what do you think about that minute, his minutes being only 33? Yeah, Billy Donovan's talked about it all season, that you know, any time that he's been asked about you know, Russell uh, exertion getting the triple doubles or you know, like when Victor Oladipo was out and Cameron Payne was out, has this put more of a load on Russ? And his response has been, I'm more concerned about his minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not concerned about you know, doing too much while he's on the basketball court. I'm concerned about that. Um, and I mean, it just kind of gives you an idea on, you know, that I, I think, I think that this team kind of understands the reality here. I mean, yeah, they could bump up Russ to, you know, 38 minutes or, you know, even for a stretch. Um, but there's, there's bigger goals in mind. There's bigger plans in mind, I think. So, um, and I know that the, you know there's automatically the mentality that you got to go out and try to win every basketball game, and they are. Um, but it's also that sort of you know teach a man to fish, and he can catch fish and feed himself. I don't, I forgot the the adage, but <laughs> teach a man he, to fish, and he's got fish on his plate with that's right. Yeah, fool, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. Who's fool on, me can't fool again. Who's on um, first? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like these, the younger players, need, they need the burn. They yes. do. Yeah, and some of, and we're going to get into this here in a second, I've put together a little segment for us. Um, another one of the big storylines was Andre Robertson's minutes and his play. 
Uh, he was a minus 18 last night. He just did not play a good game, really on either end, because he wasn't really affecting Kawhi Leonard very much, and maybe nobody affects Kawhi Leonard very much in any way, like emotionally, figuratively, in basketball. <laughs> He's just not affected by anything. Uh, he, he missed he missed all the shots last night. Uh, he looked he just looked mentally like I feel like he's getting he's getting worse uh and and maybe he just needs this home stretch basically all the month of February is at home and he usually shoots better at home um so maybe he needs that I don't know but he had a bad night last night and they put Anthony Morrow in uh basically for this run and he was a plus seven on the night and it was really helpful, not not that he shot great, because he only he was one for six from three. I mean he didn't like do incredible things, but he just there was space for Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams to operate. And it allowed Steven Adams to get thirteen shots the game before that against Cleveland. He only had four total shots. Uh, it opened up a lot of stuff for the offense and it just kinda gets your your mind turning toward I like Andre Robertson, but I just, I mean, you put a good shooter in and things just change. And I just, and I know it's one, it's one night, it's one stretch, and I don't think it's something to overreact to, but to me, it just, you look to the future of this Thunder team and it just screams to me, you have to have more shooting. What did, what did you take from that? No, uh, I completely agree. And, and again, I think this is, you know, still the Kevin Durant ripple effect. Um, you think about if Kevin Durant had stayed in Oklahoma City, Deion Waiters stays here, mm-hmm. Anthony Slater stays here, etc. Oh, um, man, Slater. I know. <laughs> <laughs> did you just pound your fist on a chair? I did. Is that I what just, I heard? Just bro- I'm going to go to the hospital. I've broken something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, the unfortunate you know effect that we're seeing into the season now is – I mean, you look at Andre Robertson's shooting, and it's it's all down from last season. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily that I think that he was getting better looks last season. I, it's just that you know it, it's totally different when defenders have to pay attention to Westbrook and Durant. Yeah. So um, it's tough because I, I have to go on radio a lot yes. and defend Andre Robertson so and, and why. <laughs> yeah, like. I, Fred Katz and I, we're like on an island by ourselves with our, you know, uh, advanced stats and our calculators and our Excel spreadsheets trying to get people to understand, you know, where he brings value. But I thought Royce, uh, you know, he he tweeted out last night during the game that, uh, you know, Andre Robertson is one of the best defenders on Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, this was one game where that wasn't necessarily the case. But because of his offense, it, it was just almost impossible to have him out there last night. So, um, it's tough. We've seen this on the Thunder before where they've had an abundance of offensive talent and had and have had to cash that in for some defensive talent. Mm-hmm. And they may be at that point again. Yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that his three-point rate is up uh, from last year significantly. He was at .37 last season. He's at .44 this, this season. Uh, his true, true shooting percentage is down from 56% all the way down to 48. I mean, for, if you're in the 40s for your true shooting percentage, um, and you're a low usage type of guy. Uh, that's really bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's no there's no question about it. That uh, man, he's just he's. I don't I don't know what to think about him. He's played a lot this season. He's had to play. We talk about Russ. Um, you know, not 
having to play a ton of minutes every game. Robertson's played a lot. He's almost matched um, his minute total from last season already. He's eclipsed every other year already. He's at almost uh, 1,500 minutes this season. And he has he's an elite defender. He's, he's really great when you're playing teams like the Rockets, where he uh-huh. has a very specific role. He did not play very well against Kawhi Leonard. You know who I thought? Everybody talks about Robertson on Kawhi. I thought Dion was awesome on Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs last year. I don't hear many people talk about that, but I think Dion Waiters was just as good um, on Kawhi last year. Um, but no, it, I mean, Dion was also not just Kawhi, but I mean, Draymond. I mean, he was... Yeah. I mean, he had uh, he, he played a key role last season, especially defensively. Yeah, he was great. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, but I, I don't I don't know I don't know what the Thunder are going to do moving forward. I don't know. I, I would suspect that this is just a one game kind of benching for Robertson. Um, but it just makes you wonder about the future for him on this team. I really I still don't know how to feel about it. I, I think mm-hmm. that if they're going to maximize his value on this team, he needs to be a four and maybe even like a backup four for this team. And I don't know that Robertson would want to do that. And I don't think the team, I mean, the team has never, you know, acted like they would ever do something like that. Uh, yeah. But other than, I don't, I just don't know where his, his value is. The struggle there. I mean, so you're, you're talking about kind of using him as a four offensively, but you know, his strength is guarding perimeter perimeter players. Right. So um, it is, it, it, it's an enigma. Um, and, you know, the comparison that comes up a lot is Tony Allen, but even Tony Allen's, you know, the, the, the percentages you mentioned earlier with the true shooting and effective field goal percentage, you know, you, usually better and, yeah. or his player efficiency rating was higher. Um, and this is when Tony Allen was, you know, being named all in, you know, all, all defense five times. Right. So, um, yeah, I, again, I just think it's unfortunate because I think with the way the team has changed and, and Royce has been saying this pretty much since the start of the season, I just don't know if it's, if it's a great fit anymore because they need to be able to do more things offensively. They got to do something to drag a defender or do away from the paint. So Adams can become more effective. So Sabonis has more room to work. Um, you know, it's more driving lanes for Westbrook and only Depot. And if they have to give up something on the defensive end to make that happen, you know, they're going to have to do that and, and ask some guys to step up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Tony Allen's never had a PER as low as Robertson's. I think he's at eight right now. Tony mm-hmm. Allen's has never been below 10. And then Tony Allen's only only twice in his career has he had a true shooting percentage below 50, and that was 2013. And then this season, he's like barely below 50 right now. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to be that kind of player and be just a massive impact and be a perimeter player that can't shoot. I mean, even Tony Allen's value over the last couple of years has really diminished, and uh-huh. it's because he can't shoot. And, you know, we, we've said before with, you know, defenders are going to it was funny last night uh you know my uh, my cohort jerry ramsey was talking about how quiet leonard got switched off onto andre robertson and that, that's complete overkill why <laughs> in any situation would you want Kawhi leonard guarding andre robertson but teams have done that they put the, their best defender on him so they can be a free safety right and so exactly. that guy can go double and create some havoc and just leave uh you know andre wide open so um 
yeah, it's it, there was a lot of success with them last season. It's just it's not a good fit anymore. It's and they they can they can make it work and they can have some success. But like you say, looking forward, you just have to wonder how long that uh, you know that, that they're going to go with with this. Your hot hand player of the week this week goes to Russell Westbrook. Last night he was really incredible. A plus eight in a game that they lost to the San Antonio Spurs by a lot. Uh, but he was really incredible. 27 points, 14 assists, six rebounds. Not a triple double, but still very good. He was 3 7 from 3. Incredible night from Russ. He was truly a superstar. I wish he would have gotten more minutes, though. 33 minutes. Uh, that, that kind of bothers me a little bit. It bothers me. Uh, that he didn't play to win, they didn't put him in the game enough to win, but it also is encouraging that they're not just going to wear Russell Westbrook out, which is good. Uh, the segment is brought to you by Anchor Down. Go to Anchor Down there in downtown Oklahoma City in Deep Deuce. Incredible restaurant. They've got great corn dogs, a great beer selection, and of course, they've got a great salad. Uh, it has been super nice this week in OKC, so go go hit their patio. Uh, su- super nice outside. Go get yourself a corn dog get yourself a salad get yourself a beer have a good time at anchor down you can go there for a lunch if you're in the downtown area uh, it's a really great place to go for lunch so go hit up anchor down and back to the ham pod yes uh let's play a game real quick it's called how concerned are you john ham on a scale of one to ten <laughs> you got to tell me ten is like you are so concerned that you can't sleep at night one is you know, you're just not concerned at all. It's not not an issue. Uh, uh-huh. Okay, so first one. This is, I feel this kind of seeping in a little bit as the Thunder lose to like two really good teams. And what really sucks is that the Thunder, I mean, Ennis Cantor hasn't played for two games and it's been against two of the top three <laughs> teams in the entire on, NBA. On the road. On the road. It's just a tough, it's a tough thing. But on a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you for Oklahoma City's future? Are they? Do you feel like they're locked into mediocrity? I think like locked into mediocrity or worse is a ten, and then it goes down from there. So, what? How concerned are you? Um, I, I'm not concerned about being forever locked in mediocrity. I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, again, if if you go back, I mean, look where look where the Houston Rockets were five years ago. Mm-hmm. Look where San Antonio was five years ago. Um, so I, th- I, I still believe that there's some moves that can be made. Uh, there's, you know, things that we don't quite, we can't quite understand like how the draft is going to unfold and what's going to happen in the NBA draft and what can turn up in that, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard, I, I would be a lot more pessimistic if, you know, they didn't have their 2017 pick. Uh, they do owe their, their 2018. They do owe potentially their 2020, but I mean, there's other teams out there that have given up pretty much everything they can going forward. Uh, Miami gave up, you know, a couple of first rounders to get Goran Dragic. Uh, Cleveland has mortgaged pretty much everything they can to try to put something around LeBron, and he's still not happy about it. <laughs> um, so combined with the fact that you know, with all the guys you mentioned that are 25 and younger, um, and I still think there's some moves to be made either at the trade deadline or at the draft. Uh, to really improve some things. I, I, I'm not concerned about just, and I guess mediocrity, or are we talking about like a 500 team? Yeah, I mean, just, and even just like a, a team that like barely sneaks into the playoffs every year, like six, right. seven seed, and then they lose in the first round, and then they do it all over again the next year kind of thing. Yeah, 
Because, I mean, to me, I mean, if, if you've got a team that has a, you know, five-year stretch where they they lose in the first round a couple of times, make it to the second, maybe get to a conference final, you know, one out of those five years, mm-hmm. that that's great. That I mean, that's great. what Memphis, that's what Memphis has done. That's, that's where mm-hmm. Dallas was for a long time. Yeah. Um, and so, and I know people around here probably aren't used to that because, you know, we've, we've been spoiled by all the Western Conference Finals appearances. But um, I, I'm not concerned about this team becoming like a 500 team, you know, uh, during like some fallout with Russell Westbrook this summer. Sure. Um, I agree with you. Maybe like a one or a two. Uh, yeah. We are, we've already kind of talked about this, but where would you put your concern for Robertson's fit on the Thunder? Yeah, and uh, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and maybe an eight. Yeah. Um, and for for all the reasons we mentioned earlier, and it's so tough because then he will go out and he'll have a you know a, a key defensive game, and you know, and, and that's when I get up, and that's why he plays thirty minutes a night. And I start championing of him, and <laughs> um, but I mean, again, big picture, um, you know. If you don't have him against the Houston Rockets, you come up with a different strategy, and maybe you've got some offense that can overcome. You know, th- there's ways around it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm pretty much at this point. I'm about an eight on that scale. I think. Yeah, I agree. I'm almost like eight, nine. I just don't. I just don't see it. There were times at the beginning of the season where I still kind of had hope that he could hit a jumper, and mm-hmm. um, but that's all got to be gone now, right? I mean. He's. I think it's a mental thing. Maybe if he changed teams and changed coaches and changed atmospheres, then maybe he could like discover some kind of magic. But I just don't. I don't. I just don't see it happening here, where he can be okay. So he's two guard that can be a three and D guy. I mean, he's just a D guy, and he's great at that. Um, but I don't know. He's got to set screens. He's got to cut. That's when he's effective. That's when he's a, right. a good, good player. Not when he's parked in the corner and you know missing threes. And out in transition, that's the other place where yeah. you know, uh, like his free throw rate is up this season because I think he's getting you know a lot of these transition opportunities and getting fouled at the basket, mm-hmm. and, um, and and that's really his strength. So in other words, like he would not fit on a team like Utah that plays a very deliberate half court offense. No, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if, if there's another team that likes to push the tempo and needs someone to defend on the perimeter uh, and be able to switch and have a lot of versatility, uh, and also has a couple of you know maybe two or three you know, potent offensive weapons out there, um, I, I think there are places he could fit. Mm-hmm. His free throw rate's also up because people, other teams, love to foul him because he sucks at free throw yeah. shooting. <laughs> He's become the the hacker, the the hacker person for this team. Is he the? Is he's got to be one of the first hack is that's a two guard or that has played two guard i think yeah that's often been reserved for big man i mean you think obviously hack a shack mm-hmm. um you know could kind of birth that whole thing and then deandre jordan you know, steven adams there for a while was that guy mm-hmm. uh yeah it's typically been big men i don't know of it or has rondo ever been a hack a victim he had to have been at some point, right? At some point, I would think probably that was the strategy. That That's the only other perimeter guy I can think of that might have been. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. Yeah. All right, next one. How concerned are you about Cameron Payne being a bad NBA player? <laughs> I'm still not completely there yet. Um, 
So he's played 12 games so far. The first, I don't know, six to eight, I just kind of chalk up to. I mean, the dude didn't even – This is that was his preseason. Sure. Um, as far as I was concerned. Now, last night I thought he was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I don't know. I, I saw some positive things from him last season. Um, every once in a while I kind of see some, you know, so, some flashes on how he could actually – you know, uh, be be a really good playmaker and, and and a shot maker in the league, but man, it's it's rough. And again, maybe maybe February is going to help. Maybe getting back home is going to help out a lot of guys because you know the Thunder are home mostly for February. Maybe that's kind of the relief that they need. Um, but yeah, the early, the early indications on Cam have not been overwhelming, but I kind of understand why they wouldn't be. What's your number? What's your concern number? Um, I'll stick it at about five. Okay, I'm like a seven or an eight. I'm you're, pretty, you're pushing up I'm there. Pretty concerned. He has a negative yeah. warp right now. Yeah, uh, he has just not been. He's just not been very good. His assist percentage is way down from last season, from 22 down to 16. His we talked about Robertson's true shooting percentage being bad. His is worse than Robertson's this season. He's at 40. 40% yeah. true shooting, which is really, really bad. He's got like his free throw rates, like nothing. He's got a five PER. Uh, he's only played 12 games. So that's like the only thing that's on his side right now is that it's a really small sample and maybe he's very rusty. Um, but to me, <laughs> this looks like more than rust. Like he just doesn't. I don't know if it's something mental or something that's going on there, but he, man, he has been really bad. And I never thought I would think, let's try Samaj just because we know he can play defense, um, <laughs> which is really sad, a sad, sad hey, thought to have. Last night in the post game, we were talking about, why didn't they use Kyle Singler? <laughs> oh, so, my. <laughs> the, these are the days uh, you know that, that we're in right now. So, um no, I, I, I understand that, uh, definitely. But again, I just, I understand the two foot injuries. He basically what last played in July, um, had the two foot injuries is now he had a couple of games with the blue 12 with the thunder, very heavy on the road. Um, I, I, I want to take another look at the end of February and kind of see where he stands. But at this point I, I'm going to, I'm going to put it right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably more fair to Cam, just because, I mean, he is an NBA talent. I mean, there's a reason that the Thunder took him. Um, so it it makes, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next one, uh, this happened last night. So Kawhi Leonard, for, for like a few seconds, sits on top of Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant's laying on the ground asking Joffrey to help him up. Joffrey literally walks over one of his feet walks by him, <laughs> around him, like a circle around Jeremy Grant as Jeremy is saying, please help me up, please help me up, and he won't help him up. How concerned are you that Joffrey and Jeremy Grant aren't best friends? <laughs> 14? Yeah. 15? <laughs> is this a, like, should we, is this a thing? Like, I, I just wonder, like, is this something to be concerned about, or is this, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. What are you... Yeah, I, I'm trying to think because, I mean, you look around, I mean, even in, in college and in, in San Antonio, I mean, Patty Mills, even if he's not in the game, he will sprint yeah. you know, across the floor to go pick up, you know, 
anybody wearing uh, wearing the jersey that that he's wearing. Yeah, um, it is odd. It is very odd because you go back and you think of you know when Russell Westbrook was was laying on the floor and, and Zaza was standing over him and you know no one really no one came in to intervene that one we tried to okay let's let's understand maybe the diversity they didn't quite understand what was going on mm-hmm. what have you this i don't know it's just it, it's, it's just another really weird indication that's weird like, i mean Cameron i don't know Payne. maybe it's a language barrier right <laughs> yeah maybe it doesn't yeah they don't speak english to him every day who knows um <laughs> camera pain's like across the court and has to run over and help him out he's not even mm-hmm. jeremy grant's not even facing him they weren't even facing each other and clearly he heard him mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's a weird deal joffrey joffrey's kind of a yeah. weird is a weird dude um, yeah no I, I want i want to be careful I, i'm not like you know, holding this up as some indication that the chemistry is not good with this team or you yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything like that i mean we've I mean, there's a team playing tonight in Oklahoma City that you want to talk about bad chemistry. Um, right. You know, there's your textbook example. It's just, it's strange. It seems like that that should be um, more drilled into, drilled into these guys' heads. Like, help up your teammate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's Watch a, out for your teammate. It's a very simple thing. And it's not something I would say I'm concerned about, but it's something that I'm definitely going to monitor as the mm-hmm. season goes on. Just like, Maybe I mean I'm sure it will get brought up like in a team meeting or just between Joffrey and Grant like personally like hey man like what was that about like now the whole right. world saw you being a big fat jerk to me like what's going on here <laughs> um, I just I don't know it's just something that I'll monitor going forward I don't I wouldn't say yeah. it's very concerning but right something to look at uh, next one and I'm trying to figure out a, a different way to phrase this than I sent it to you. Um, how concerned are you about the second unit without Ennis Cantor? Um, at this point, yeah, about a nine. Yeah. Be, be, yeah, probably nine point, uh, nine point a lot of digits. Um, <laughs> and it's, it, man, it's a shame because, um, it was, it, they found something that worked and I felt like, you know, not only was it was it working through Ennis, but it was getting Abrina some opportunities, and he was showing a lot of promise. And you know, his back locked up last night, apparently, and that's why he didn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Donovan's got a challenge on his hands on how can I how can I have a working second unit that's not going to just hemorrhage points because you know, like we, we touched upon it earlier. I mean, Oklahoma City somehow came back and took a three point lead in the third quarter last night, right? And this was after they shot, I don't know, 20-something percent in the first quarter, something <laughs> atrocious in the first half, yep. um, and came back. And Russell Westbrook checks out with a one-point lead, and kablooey. That, that was the ball game at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty concerned about that at the moment. Yeah. I think being at home will help the second unit. All, all these like role-player guys are, are all very much helped by being at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they haven't figured anything out yet. It's only been two games against two very good teams that play very good defense. Uh, but it doesn't look good so far. They have not found something that works. And I think, I mean, this is, to me, this is Cameron Payne and Oladipo's opportunity to kind of put an imprint on this team and to kind of show that they can do more than what they've been doing. And I'm hoping that they can that they can improve as the month goes along with without Cantor the at least four weeks probably more six to eight weeks 
for yeah. Cantor. Um, so and I thought Oladipo showed some some other things last night, not just necessarily yeah. a you know uh, a corner corner shooter. So. And I mean, think back to early in the season when Oladipo went out with that wrist with the wrist injury. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a couple of games. They went and got blown out at Portland, at Utah, yep. before things started to finally kind of you know, to, so they could adjust to it. So, um, yeah, even even if Ennis Cantor had been healthy the past couple of games, I'm not optimistic that they would have won either one. Right. I, I think on radio, I went ahead and said they would go one and one in those two games because Nikki Kay gave me this bolt of confidence. Like, oh, yeah, she knows what she's talking about, and she does. But in this case, we were both wrong. I love Nikki Kay, but she also said that this is the year of the singular. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) the season's not over, Andrew. That's right. That's true. Nikki Kay knows her stuff. I'm not trying to call her out. Um, (laughs) But it was very funny that she declared this is the year of the singular. Um, You and I just took a show to talk about the stupid predictions you and I have made. Oh, my Uh, Lord. So it would be be an eight part miniseries. I'll give you one really dumb one. I said the Rockets weren't going to make the playoffs. Here I am. I'm an idiot. Oh, same thing. I had them tied with the Pelicans at the bottom of the division. Yep. I'm big, big dummy right here. Uh, Next one. How concerned are you about uh, Demonis Sabonis' right hand? He doesn't seem to be able to use it. (laughs) Um, I'm not not very concerned at all. Um, A 20-year-old rookie. um, So I'm I'm not concerned. Give him another year or two, and I'm sure that – something will develop on the other side so totally yeah it's a one he's going to develop it he's a hard worker this is there are some things in the nba that can't be taught like i don't think you can teach feel i don't think that you can like just take like some random dude and teach him to pass like uh boris diaw or have a feel for the game like that but uh developing your other hand and being able to use that is something that you can for sure develop if you really want to and if you're you know devoted to your game and Sabonis seems to be that guy uh so I'm not concerned about it at all there was a few moments there were some a few uh, uh gifable moments last night with with his you know left hand dominance but uh, he played really well last night. One of maybe one of his better games, where he was actually doing things, you know, positively on the court and making shots. And uh, his threes kind of gave you some hope that <laughs> they could make a mm-hmm. run toward the end. And like he's he's really good. And some of the short sightedness with this Thunder team is that the Thunder are really investing themselves into Demonis Sabonis, and it's not something that's going to reap a lot of rewards this season. Um, and but I think that in the future the Thunder are going to be really glad that they said like, "Hey, you're the starting power forward, and we're mm-hmm. going to play you every game, and you're going to get an opportunity to try some new stuff, and we really believe in you." Uh, that stuff matters to to players, and I know that the Thunder might be better if they like just decided to start Jeremy Grant, or if they just decided to you know go get some guy, or even if they kept Irsan Ilyasova and just played him at the four and started him. I think the Thunder might be better off record-wise, maybe just a little bit. But these development minutes and the the just saying to him that we believe in you and you're our power forward, that's a huge, huge thing uh, for Sabonis. So I don't, you shouldn't be short-sighted with his right hand or with his development this season because his his development is going to hurt the Thunder this season, but going forward uh, could be tremendous. Yeah, and you know too. I I wonder if 
when Steven Adams was drafted, if the Thunder were not a title contending team, would they have started him from day one? Yeah. And, you know, he might have been, he would have been kind of maybe similar to what Sabonis is. Like, you can't just look at Sabonis and say, wow, he's not ready. Like, he's not ready to play. Like, he can tell mm-hmm. that he can, he can play. Like, is he going to be just the best, you know, the best player? Maybe he's probably the, the weakest link in the starting lineup. Uh, but you can see the flashes, and you're just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and, you know, if, if this team was a finals contender again this season, I, I don't think Sabonis would be starting. I don't, but, I don't either. I think that they would start – I almost think that they would start the snake at four. But <laughs> I don't know. He would have had to been on board with that idea. And, uh, Seems to yeah, be pretty on board well. with doing it in Golden State. Well, yeah, now he's playing defense out there, too. So, right. you know. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that's one. I, I wonder if they would have kept Ilya Silva um, yeah. and, and, and done something different. But, yeah, it, point being is that you know, we, when you take a realistic view on where your team is right now, okay, we are looking a little bit towards the future. Therefore, we're going to focus on the young guys. Um, if it was a finals contender type team, maybe it wouldn't. You know, the, the mentality would be a little bit different. Yeah. Back to Cameron Payne for a second. Yep. It also concerns me, like last season, that Cameron Payne was so in and out of the lineup. Um, because he, I mean, they were they were they lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost anyways, and it wasn't because of Cameron Payne. Um, but it makes me worry about their investment in him. Just thinking about his history overall with the Thunder, it just makes me a little bit concerned with what what they think about him. And, and I'm glad that he got right back in the lineup when he came back to the team, but. There's just a lot of signs to me that just make me worried. Yeah, so you go back to last season. Uh, there was a point where he he took over. This was that was late December where he took over uh, for DJ Augustine, right? Um, and then there was a point. When was that? In I I thought that injury was initially suffered in December. Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, or January, I, I, I'm getting fuzzy on that. But then, uh, basically, after the trade deadline, that's when uh, you know they, they kind of went back to Randy Foy a lot more. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm, I understand some of the concerns, especially with his build. Um, and I, I, Carson even talked about it on the last pod. You know that there's a number of ways that he doesn't seem like the typical Thunder draftee. Um, you know, if he was if he was Dejounte Dejounte Murray type build, yeah, mm-hmm. you could totally understand that. But yeah, there are some things that are interesting. So um, I think for me, the more concerning thing about him are some of these um, I don't know these vague postings on Twitter, on Instagram, <laughs> yeah. and everywhere. Well, we're like he's indicating that he's not happy about something, and he really kind of wants you to know about it, but not right. really. Yes, that's the kind of stuff that I that really to me is more concerning. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That's I don't know. It's it's he's he's weird. He's had a weird two years with the Thunder. Also, a really good job of pronouncing Dejounte Murray's name. That was awesome. I had to practice that. That was great. Uh, yeah. Last one. How concerned are you about Billy Donovan's lineup experiments? Last night he put out this lineup that you just knew it was not going to work. It was Cameron Payne. It was uh, Samaj Christian. It was 
uh, Morrow, Grant, and Joffrey, and you're like, wow, there are a lot of bottom 20 players in the NBA out on the floor right now. <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, that was... I, I like experimenting. I like mm-hmm. that he is doing that because it's it's what we kind of craved when Scott Brooks was the coach for the Thunder. Uh, I like that he does that, but I think that it's it's probably also his most serious flaw as a coach uh, because I don't know how you can throw that lineup out there, especially in a tight game. Like if this was the if it was a blowout, I think they were within like four at, at the time. And then he put them in, and then it was quickly an 11-point game, and Russ came back into an 11-point game instead of what could have been even like a six-point game. I don't know. That was also the stretch where Billy Donovan got a technical foul, and uh, Samaj had that layup that was that was should have been a goaltend. Yeah, that wasn't called. There were a couple. I mean, it was a it was a weird stretch, but overall, I just I don't know how you could even come to the conclusion that that lineup could have any success, especially against a team like the Spurs. It was just, it was a weird moment for me. For me, it, that was when campaign was out there because he was, he was having an awful night. Yes. Um, Samaj, I can understand. Okay. Maybe, you know, need to have another defender out there. Um, I, I could get on board with that. Even Morrow didn't shoot the ball well last night. He was out there for some of those lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Billy D will, uh, He'll try some different lineups. Uh, overall, I'm I'm okay with it because I think we we saw last season that you know when it came playoff time, then that sort of you know that calmed down. <laughs> we didn't get didn't right. get real wild with the lineups. He kind of knew what he had at that point, mm-hmm. um, what would work, what would not work, um, and, and could adjust accordingly. So, and you know, in in the meantime, I, I also wonder too if we followed other NBA teams. You know this closely. I mean, like San Antonio, for example. Like, and, and the reason I brought up, I was looking at some stuff with Murray. He's had some really good games, but he can't stay in the rotation. Yeah, and I just keep thinking, like, if that was Oklahoma City, people would be ripping their hair out. You know, why aren't you playing this kid? He can play. He got twenty points. Blah blah blah. And, you know, yeah, that's true. This is just how this is how some teams operate. Yeah, I like Billy Donovan. I think he's a really good NBA coach. Uh, no doubt. I really, yeah. I've liked what he's done with the team. I think that most of the time he does great stuff. Um, but last night I was just like, because it was just such a pivotal point in the game, and it mm-hmm. just felt like, eh, I don't really care about winning this one. Get out there, Smosh. <laughs> like, it was just a weird, it, to me it was just weird, because whenever Royce tweeted that he was at the scores table and, I, and that he was the only one at the scores table checking in, I thought, what is he doing? <laughs> it just felt like he just didn't care about winning the game, and, and maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he's maybe his goal is to develop this team this year and to see what works and what doesn't. Maybe Sam Presti was just like, "Hey, I, I need I need to see some things before the trade deadline," and I don't know. But it just felt very um, just like a a move of like I don't know that I really care too much about winning this game, and I I don't know I, at the moment I just didn't like that. Well, yeah, and obviously, and again, I, I go back to this. Obviously, they want to win every game. Um, you know, the move there would have been to put Westbrook back in, you know, a lot sooner and, mm-hmm. and go back to Adams as well. But my, again, they've got certain things in mind that they don't want to compromise in the course of this season. So the, the bigger mystery to me is I still can't figure out why Samaj Kristen played at the end of the Cleveland game, but he's still shown as did not play. 
<laughs> I saw that tweet that you put out. That's very weird. It's that is, strange. That is definitely he, weirder than uh, he was than that lineup last night. He was legitimately in the game. Now he didn't accumulate. Um, I went back and I watched, like scrutinized. I think he had a potential assist, but still, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, you, you would think you know something in the in the data out there. I mean, he didn't get a rebound, didn't take a shot. Um, you would think something out there in all of that, you know, uh, sport VU or whatever would would you know get that fixed but i'm looking at it now it still shows that he did not play and i i promise you he played yes he should have gotten the man his minutes i don't know if i don't know if anybody remembers this but there used to be a website called basket baffle and there was this guy (laughs) he would do he was i don't remember what his name is i wish i knew what his name was uh but i i'd read it every day and he would write articles about the worst things that happened the night before in the nba uh-huh. He would he would call it a. I'm trying to remember the name of the player. There was some guy who played for the Hawks. His name was Mario. And anytime a player got minutes but did nothing, he would give them a Mario the next day. And so, like Mario West is probably who that was. Yeah, and so uh, Samaj deserves to have his Mario <laughs> from the other <laughs> night. Um, that just made me think of that when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he he deserves a Mario. I don't. If you remember Basketball or if you were a reader of Basketball maybe I was like one of like 10 readers. I don't know, but I loved it. <laughs> uh, so I think that's all we have. I don't really. We, I requested Twitter questions, but this took a little bit longer than we thought. So sorry to everyone. We, we love you and we appreciate you sending the questions. Please do it again uh, for Friday. Uh, we also resubmit your questions. Like if you really want your question answered, resubmit it um, in the next. Uh, Tweet. That would be helpful. But you can follow John on Twitter at John M. Ham. And you can listen to him on the franchise. He'll be on the franchise tonight after the game. A weird start tonight. They play the uh, the train wreck Chicago Bulls at home, but it's an 8.30 tip in OKC. So listen to John after the game. Uh, tonight should be should be really interesting. The Bulls are at least very interesting all the time. So uh, enjoy that game. Follow John and listen to him tonight. And thanks for listening. <laughs>